So the title of our message today is The Creation of Mankind. The Creation of Mankind. So let us pray. Lord, in the very beginning, you created us. And Lord, then we sinned. And you made a way to redeem us. Lord, you died on a tree to set us free. A horrible, horrendous death. But you did it for us, Lord. And that is why we praise you. And that is why we love you. And that is why we come this morning and every day, Lord, with hearts of gratitude to you because of what you did for us. So we bless your name, and we just say thank you, Lord, for who you are and for all that you do. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So the message today um, is coming out of Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to verse 31. Genesis 1, the very first book of the Bible. First chapter. (laughs) Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, the breath of life in it, I give you green plants for food, And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and it was the sixth day. So I came to Abundant Life in 1996. And before I came to Abundant Life, I was at another church that was in Fremont called Fremont Bible Fellowship. They're Family Bible Fellowship now. And they're in Newark, (laughs) so no longer in Fremont. But we had a a big picnic there, and we went to a low-income community. And when we went to the low-income community, we were there essentially to evangelize. So we had a picnic, good barbecue, the smell was permeating the air, which made people come out of their homes to uh, the picnic that we were giving. 
There was a clothes giveaway, all the side dishes. We had a baptism pool there. And the sermon for that Sunday was at that apartment complex. The mayor of Fremont was invited and he came. The chief of police um, of Fremont was there and he came. And the chief of police was invited and he came. So everyone was there. There were lots and lots of people. So at the end of the service, one of the ladies came up and she gave her testimony. And she said, a $20 bill is my best friend. And she said, the reason that the $20 bill was my best friend was that I could score with that $20 bill. It helped me to be able to buy drugs. And so that $20 bill always was a blessing to her. She said, but then I came to Jesus Christ. She said, and I didn't need the drugs anymore. Amen. Amen. And so the mayor, the chief of police, and the chief of the fire department were looking at her as though they were looking down on her, like you are a loser, and you need someone like Jesus Christ to save you because of the condition that you're in. And so I could feel the Lord tugging at me, saying, you have to give your testimony. So I went up to the microphone, and I said, so I graduated from UCSF Dental School, and I'm a dentist. I have my own private practice. And I said, the exact same way that my sister before me needed Jesus Christ, I need Jesus Christ in my life. And the mayor and the firefighter and the police chief, their eyes lit up. And they started looking like, wow, if this lady needs Jesus Christ, not just the person that they consider to be down and out, then maybe this is something I should be listening to. So I tell you that story for three reasons. The first reason is God uses every single one of us in all walks of life. So it does not matter if I was a garbage man, if I worked at McDonald's. It doesn't matter. God has all of us placed and planted so that we can reach the entire world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The second reason I tell you that story is because the woman came to me and said, there's someone here who wants to accept Jesus Christ into their life. Can you come over and can you help and can you pray for that person so that they can accept Christ? So everyone at Abundant Life, I don't want you to come and get me. I want you to be able to lead someone to Jesus Christ yourself. And over and over and over again, we put the slide up about eternal life. And 
On our website, if you haven't taken a picture of it, um, the icon that says, No Jesus. If you go to the icon that says, No, no Jesus, and you click on that icon, then it will give you the prayer of salvation that you need to be able to lead someone to Christ. And don't have fear, because it's not about you, it's about God. He is the one who saves, not us. Amen? So make sure you have that on your cell phone, and you don't have to um, text it to the person. They can just take a picture of your cell phone with the prayer on it after you have read the prayer and led them to, into Jesus Christ, to him, and into eternal life. So just... Get that on your phone. Be ready because God, I keep saying it, God will send people to you, and he does, to accept Christ. And the third reason that I tell you that, this story about um, the picnic um, and my history a little bit, is because my undergraduate, I was a microbiology major. And I have taken so many darn science classes microbiology, anatomy, physiology, physics, chemistry, and on and on and on. And the reason I tell you that is because when I explain the second part of my message, it has a little bit of science in it. But I'm going to explain it in such a way that you understand what I'm talking about. So let's start with creation. And I'm going to tell you I have two points to this message, two major points. The first point is creation is true. Creation is true. The second point is evolution is false. Evolution is false. So we're going to go there today. So there's some people, some of you right now, who don't maybe have enough information to make a decision about evolution, or maybe you believe evolution. But by the end of this message, I hope that you have enough information to really make an informed decision about it. So let's start with creation is true. Verse 27, God created mankind. And let's just pause there for a second. When God created mankind, he termed mankind as the man and the woman. So God didn't make a distinction there. He came, he created mankind, and that was man and woman. And then when he told mankind, I want you to go out and I want you to oversee all of my creation. I want you to rule I want you to have dominion over it. I want you to um, rule over the sea creatures, the livestock, and the wild animals. And he gave that task to the man and to the woman. So both of them equally were supposed to have dominion over the creation that God had created. And then we see that God made both of them in his image. Galatians 3 and 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there there male 
and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. God, when he created man, the term he used was bara, B-A-R-A, bara. And when God created, he had a very special place for the man and for the female. When he created everything else, he said, let there be. In verse 3, verse 6, and verse 14, we see him saying, let there be. But when he talked about the creation of man in verse 26, he said, let us, let us make. When he said us, we see the Trinity right there. We see the Trinity right there from the very beginning, from Genesis chapter 1. And then when he talked about the creatures, he said, according to their kind. We see that in verse 21, verse 24, and verse 25. He talks about the kind. But in verse 26 and verse 27, he talks about men and women were made in God's image. So there's a very special place. God gave us the ability to oversee his entire creation. He didn't give the animals the ability to do that. God gave us food. In verse 29, he said to eat of all of the seed-bearing plants and all of the fruit trees. And he gave us work to do. So we weren't just sitting in the garden just, you know, laying out in the sun, enjoying everything, which we were doing that too. But God um, gave us a very special task and a very special um, thing for us to do in the garden. So can evolution stand with creation? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. So my second point, evolution is false. So up until about the 1800s, the Bible and science pretty much coincided with each other. So people didn't challenge the Bible and said, oh my gosh, this is not true. The scientists believed that the Bible was, was true. And then in the 1800s, but before that, there were some other philosophers as well. But um, a man named Darwin came along. And Darwin was born in uh, 1809, and he passed away in 1882. But during that time, he wrote two books. One was The Origin of the Species that he wrote in 1857. And the other one was a book, 1871, he wrote The Descent of Man. But Darwin himself started out as a Christian. He started out as a Christian. And he was on his way going to college to become a minister. And so he took a left turn, which he did. And so one of the things um, that he did is he was on this trip, like going out towards the Galapagos Islands. And he noticed these birds, which are uh, the breed of finches, not blue jays or 
robins, they were finches. And he observed some changes in the birds. And because of that one observation that he saw, we now have evolution. As a scientist, in my mind, I cannot even understand, and I'll explain that a little bit more, how we can believe that evolution occurred. It's just not possible. So one of the things that disenfranchised Darwin was his young daughter passed away. Her name was Anne. And when his daughter passed away, he really got mad at God. He was angry with God. So I feel like he was trying to come up with other reasons other than God, because he's mad at God, of how creation started. But Darwin himself, I'm going to put a quote up that he himself said, and I want you to look at that and think about what he said for just a minute. If it could be demonstrated that any complex organism existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, this theory, which it was a theory, would absolutely break down. Let's read that one more time. Darwin said, if it could be demonstrated that any complex organism existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous, successive, slight modifications, this theory would absolutely break down. So at the time that Darwin was coming up with these thoughts, the electron, electronic or the electron microscope was not yet developed. So he could not see into a cell. But we've got no excuse today. We've got no excuse today. We can see into the cells completely and see the complexity of it. We have in our body 37 trillion cells. 37 trillion cells. And there are 200 different types of cells, like blood cells, muscle cells, all of these different types of cells. So the body is so complex that there's no way it evolved. In Michael Behe's book, Darwin's Black Box, he speaks about a term that is called irreducible complexity. And what irreducible complexity in simple terms means, the body is so complex that you can't reduce it down to just something that's so small that it can evolve. So I'm afraid of mice. <laughs> Somebody else too? All right. I am afraid of mice. If I see a mouse in the corner over there, I'm going to jump on something it, right on the stage to get away from it. So a mouse trap, I say that to say a mouse trap has five parts. And if even one part of the mouse trap is missing, you can't catch the mouse. So if the spring is missing, if the platform is missing, 
you will not be able to catch the mouse. When my daughter was a student, and I was in Southern California, and we were moving her furniture from her storage locker um, into her apartment, you know what happened. There was a mouse. (laughs) And when I saw the mouse, the O-S word came out of my mouth. (laughs) And the rest of the word is hit. It just came out, and my kids were like, Mom doesn't even say bad words. So she had to call her sister and say, Mom said, and she told her what I said. But I was so afraid of the mouse. It was in there, and it just came out, right? (laughs) But we have 37 trillion cells in our body. So there is absolutely, positively no way that it stands up, that evolution is possible. Um, I'm going to read a little bit, and I'm not going to read a lot, but I'm going to have the team put up the slide, the blood cascade. Now, if I have a little pen and it pricks my finger... These are just some of the things that occur when it happens. Not everything else in my body, but just this one particular thing. So I'm going to read just a little bit of if I get a pin prick in my finger, what happens? Because the blood has to clot, right? If the blood doesn't clot, I'm going to bleed to death. About 2 to 3% of the protein in blood plasma the part left after the red blood cells are removed, consists of a protein complex called fibrinogen. Fibrinogen is a composite of six protein chains containing two pairs of three different proteins. When a cut occurs, another protein called fibrin slices off several small pieces from two of the three pairs of protein chains in fibrinogen. The trimmed protein, now called fibrin, has sticky patches exposed on its surface that have been covered by the pieces that were cut off. It forms a meshwork, like a fishnet. And this is just the initial clot. So I read you about two or three sentences of this entire paragraph of what happens if you just get a pin prick in your finger. If evolution was possible, which it's not, this diagram and this should tell scientists it's not possible because if one of these things is missing, like you have pre-enzymes that come in first, like fibrinogen is a pre-enzyme, which then it'll uh, turn into fibrin at some point. If one of these things is missing, it's not going to hang around for a million years until the next thing comes along. It's not. In a nanosecond, if the one thing is not there, it disappears. It's gone forever. So I'm not even talking about infection, aging, pregnancy, Um, digestion. 
So eyesight, all of those things in our body are so complex. It is not possible for evolution to be a thing. It's just not. So we can rule evolution out. There's a couple of other things. So we talked about irreducible complexity, which is the body is so complex that it's not possible for evolution to take place. Another one, you know about fossils, right? So in the fossil record, when they're doing all of these different digs, there's a record. And in the record, you see a dinosaur. And it's kind of funny to me, every single time they find a new dinosaur, it's older than the first dinosaur because you're not going to get any attention if you have a dinosaur that you dug up a few years prior. You have to have the oldest dinosaur. So in the fossil record, you don't see what are called transitional forms, which means you don't see a cat turning into a dog. You see a cat, and then you see a dog. You see a man who was not an ape. So you do not see any of these transitions in the fossil record. You see an animal exactly the way God created that animal. And then the third thing is, Darwin believed, and some people believe, that spontaneously something was just going to bubble up out of the ground and it was going to start. And that's how evolution started. I even heard a pastor say that we come from amoeba. Yeah. If you come up to me later, I'll tell you the person's name. But I won't say it from here but you know that person. So the person said, uh, we come from amoeba, and I was just like, oh my gosh, is anybody listening? He's talking about evolution. He's saying that we are coming from evolution because then the amoeba, uh, um, it divides, the amoeba divides, and it just continues until we get what they say is, um, you know, a human being. It's not possible. So the two groups of people are either creationist and we believe the Bible and there's absolutely no reason that we should be ashamed that we believe in creation. We believe in creation. We believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We believe there's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. There are people who are creationist, evolutionist, and then we have this category of people who want to combine the two, and they call themselves theistic evolutionists. There's somebody else who you know, and I won't mention the name, I'll tell you afterwards if you want me to, who was a theistic evolutionist. There's no place in the Bible that talks about theistic evolution. It is not possible. And Revelation uh, 22 says, don't add anything to the Bible or the curses, you know, that God talks about and mentions will come upon you. 
So we're not trying to add anything. There's a cartoon. I don't know if any of you know it. It's a cartoon, and it's um, called Gumball. Does anybody know that cartoon? Okay, a few people if you have children or, or grandchildren. So in the cartoon, which is on the TV, go through the Nick channel, you'll find Gumball. I'm not sure if it's still playing or not, but I think so. So I was watching Gumball one day, and you know how goldfish always die, right? And then we flush the goldfish down the toilet. And then you go out and buy another goldfish for your child because you don't want them to know that you flushed the goldfish down the toilet because it passed away. So Gumball got flushed down the toilet. And then all of a sudden you see at some point Gumball's, well, I should say Gumball's fish, Gumball's fish reached the ocean. He reached the ocean and then all of a sudden he sprouted legs and arms. And I was like, they're teaching our children evolution. They're teaching them everything. True. It's true. But it's just like, no, we have to be aware of what our children are seeing. And we have to sit down and watch these shows with them. And we have to make sure that the things that they're watching are okay. Psalm 139, 14 and 15 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together. God created and if you weren't sure from Genesis chapter 1 that created, that we were created, he gives us a recap in chapter 2. So in chapter 2, he comes back and he talks about the creation and everything and uh, the universe and uh, the creation of mankind all over again. So God is not confused and we should not be confused. God created us. So creation, not evolution. The theory is not even possible. Even Darwin himself said, if complex organisms, we could see those which we can now, then he would not have even believed in his theory. It's not scientific proof. It was a philosophy that he had, a theory about something that has blown up because people would prefer to not believe in a creator. If there was no creation, God is not omnipotent. We cannot take God at his word. We cannot believe the rest of the Bible. Because you can't pick and choose and decide which pieces you want to believe. Amen. If there is no creation, God is a liar. When he said he created us. And Romans 3 and 4 says, let God be true and every human a liar. If there is no creation, our faith falls apart. 
and we might as well eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die, and there's nothing. If there's no creation, we are rewriting the Bible, and we are putting limits on a limitless God. So I want to leave you with this last thing as the band comes up. Remember, no one has ever been able to disprove God. No one has ever been able to disprove God. Heavenly Father, you created us, and we are so excited and blessed and grateful, Lord, that you created us, that we are your own. We are your children. We have our life and our breath through you. When we leave this world, we will live with you forever. Amen. You created heaven so that we could hang out with you. And you created another place that if you don't want to hang out with God, you get to hang out in the other place separated from him. Because you don't want to hang out with God if you don't believe in him. So, Father, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for the creation that you have given us and that we are a part of. We will forever be blessed. And even that alone is your favor that we know you as our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And next week I'm going to do a part two on creation and talk about the universe. Well, the week after. Amen. Amen. Amen.